The most exciting offseason in Lakers history sparked the summer of LeBron. And before you get your first look at the 2018-19 Lakers, we want to put you front and center. center. As Lakers owner Jeannie Buss, Lakers GM Rob Palenka, and Lakers head coach Luke Walton sit down with John Ireland and Michael Thompson at the UCLA Health Training Facility to talk about how they landed the king and what their expectations are for the upcoming season. This is an evening with Jeannie, Rob, and Luke on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Made possible by Boda Box. Boda Box, Unbottle Adventure. Now your hosts, John Ireland and Michael Thompson. Good evening and welcome to the UCLA Health Training Center, home of the Lakers. I'm John Ireland, along with Michael Thompson. We have a studio audience, and they will help me welcome the owner of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, and our general manager, Rob Palenka. Luke Walton will be along shortly. And, uh, Michael, of course, when you played, you had a training center this nice, right? Uh, I think we uh, could try to find every high school gym we could practice in. But no, we used to practice over at Loyola Marymount, which was really nice, but no, nothing compared to this palace. <laughs> and by the way, Jeannie, before we get going, Raymond, Raymond Romo over here from Harbor City would like to know from you, what would your dad, Dr. Buss, think of this beautiful facility? Um, I think he would be really proud of it. He, it was important to him that the Lakers always kind of set the standard, and this, I think, finally catches us up to where other teams have been, and so here we are. And we're, uh, we're happy to have all of you with us. Uh, many of the, uh, the studio audience that you'll hear tonight are listeners to the station that won contests. Others are sponsors, and we, uh, we thank you, uh, Rob and Jeannie, for hosting us here tonight and letting us kind of behind the gates. This is a, a nice treat for a lot of these fans. So, um, Jeannie, let me start with this. When you hired Rob and Magic, I talked to you at the time, and you even said publicly, this is going to take some time. Um, we're we're going to change the culture around here, and I have confidence that these guys um, will do it. But be honest. In less than two years, they've cleared up a seemingly impossible cap situation and somehow landed the best player in the NBA. <laughs> I know the job isn't finished yet, and I know we haven't won anything, but are you surprised they've been able to do this much this fast? Um, I knew that that Magic would come in and have a vision of what Laker basketball should be. And I felt that that's kind of what we had been missing for a while was a direction, uh, you know, um, having decisions made. <laughs> and you, you may have heard that Luke Walton just picked up his headset. <laughs> Welcome, Luke Walton, everybody. Shake, shake, shake Walton from Qatar. Yeah. Luke just got back from Qatar. Uh, but, Jeannie, go ahead. You, you knew that it would take time. I I knew it was going to take time, and um, but I knew that Magic would ha- set the vision. And then having somebody like Rob Palenka, who understands, um, you know, the the players, the CBA, how to put t- together a roster. Um, the two of them together have, you know, set a course that now I can see where all the decisions are leading t- us to what Laker basketball is meant to be. And uh, I'm just I'm thrilled with the job that they've done. I can't believe how quickly um, <laughs> the roster has changed, and and really that every um, choice and decision has complemented the decision before, and the continuity I think has really um, 
led us to more success and will lead us to even more. Jeannie, take us back to 2010 when LeBron first became a free agent. Your dad, Dr. Buss, saw this vision coming, saw this, saw this time coming into the future. Tell us about that time when LeBron was a, first became a free agent and says, hey, let's go talk to that guy, see if we can turn him into a Laker. <laughs> um, I think, you know, Dr. Buss always um, – you wanted the best and and the for the Lakers he wanted the best players um to be on this team if possible and certainly LeBron um is one of the best players in the league and he's now a Laker which is really cool yeah and and um and Rob this team you've put together uh it's deep and it's really unique in that you have five or six young guys who can really play and you went out and signed five veteran guys that are probably going to uh, get minutes. Explain how all that came together. Why that particular mix of guys like Rondo and JaVale McGee to go along with Hart and Kuzma and those guys. You know, John, to Jeannie's point, we had done so much preparation to get ready for July and free agency. And we had, um, you know, these sort of contingency war boards in our war room of all the different ways uh, free agency could play out. So it was thought through ahead of time. And we knew if LeBron chose to be a Laker, what we how, how we wanted to build the team. It was really based on um, even some of the conversations uh, you know we listened to in the media in terms of how we wanted to play. And then when Magic got to meet with him uh, on the first day of free agency, but we all know you guys are the best fans in the world. We play for championships here. We play for banners, and there's a team in the way of that right now. There's a team that's won three of the last four. And we felt like to uh, build a team to just try to play their style of basketball as a trap. You can't beat them at their own game. We wanted to put together a team of versatile players, uh, high IQ, depth at every position, and then a toughness. And I think when you look at guys like Rajon Rondo, uh, he's a basketball savant. All the players in the league know that. You know, he, he was on our court. Uh, a day ago and I was watching from my office he was working on one play for two hours you know that's that Kobe level of detail and and breaking down plays Lance Stevenson you know he brings that sort of swagger and toughness from the you know from the east coast New York City Rucker Park he's been in here the last couple days just you know talking a lot you know bringing energy to the practice JaVale McGee we felt like um he was a big that could just run with, with Lonzo and with Rondo when they're pushing, pushing pace and would keep the floor energized and protect the rim. So we had all this thought out uh, ahead of time, and then when LeBron chose, we quickly went into action and got it done. Luke, you have been around superstars since the day you were born, starting with your dad, of course, Bill, and, of course, playing teammates with Kobe and Shaq in your Laker years here. Has that prepared you for dealing with a legend, a player larger than life like LeBron? think so um i think when you're dealing with players like that uh you know everyone in our league gets coached differently and having experience uh with the people you've mentioned um i feel confident and comfortable in the role and the relationship that the two of us will have together um Jeannie, you and i are neighbors so my guess is that you get the same type of questions that i get and one that I get that I'm kind of surprised by is when people walk up to me, Laker fans, and they say, I'm not sure how I feel about LeBron joining the Lakers. And my eyes get really wide, and I say, you should be (laughs) elated. But I'm figuring you get it too. What do you say to people that say that to you? Well, you know, I I find it 
very interesting. I, I, I can't think that they're real Laker fans if they would be opposed to LeBron coming because he's one of the best players in the league. He's now on our team. He's going to be wearing purple and gold. I think the fans are really going to be happy to see him you know, step out on the floor at Staples Center. We never really had those um, that rivalry with any of his teams in the East, Eastern Conference right. because we hadn't been in the playoffs for so many years. And strangely, but, Kobe and LeBron never met in the finals. We it, all missed out on that. Exactly. Yeah. And so I could see where the fans would have a little bit more, um, you know, hesitation about someone like Rajon Rondo because he did play us in right. the finals one year and, and beat us. So I could We see beat him too, I want to point out, one year. Luke beat him in 2010. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I, I ask all Laker fans to, to be welcoming of these players that have chosen to come join us and, and, and join us on our journey as we, you know, try to bring the Lakers back to those championships. You know, days. Michael says that the day you got the phone call that you had been traded to the Lakers, other than your kids being born, was the happiest day of your yeah, life. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, obviously winning a championship, nothing can compare to that, but when I got a chance to play for my boyhood dream team, the Lakers, that was the best professional uh, day of my life, no question about it. Now, Jeannie, uh, we all, from the outside, and we all know how excited we are that LeBron's here uh, as a Laker now, but from the business side, what kind of buzz and excitement has it generated from the inside that uh, you're getting from your supporters? Um, you know, it's, you know, having somebody of his um, caliber and his, you know, what he brings to the table. He's a worldwide brand that's popular everywhere. Um, and I, you know, what what's really been remarkable for me is how many of the civic leaders, the mayor, um, the you know head of universities, people reaching out and saying, "This is what Los Angeles is used to. You brought it back, and and they couldn't be happier." So I, I know what it means to the community because um, you know Los Angeles is a big city and very diverse and spread out over a, a lot of geography, but everybody can get behind the purple and gold flag. Uh, tonight's evening with the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palinka, and Luke Walton, brought to you by Boda Box. Boda Box is the perfect wine to pair with your everyday adventures. Boda Box Unbottle Adventure. I'm John Ireland, along with Michael Thompson. We have Jeannie, Rob, and Luke for one hour commercial free. So we're going up to 7 o'clock, and we thank Boda Box for that. Uh, Rob, what's a reasonable expectation in your mind for this team this year? What's a successful season, in your opinion? Well, I think it depends on how you define success, right? There's one goal. We've talked about that. It's to win a championship, and we're going to play for that this year. I mean, our fans, uh, Jeannie, Magic, Luke, and I, we're all – that's our goal is to win a championship um, every year. Uh, but there are other components of success too. Uh, part of that is just um, a, a progression. And I think we owe our fans the chance to to experience playoff basketball in LA again it's been 5 years uh it's too long and so we that's something that we really want to do and you know with the lebron you know talk one of the things that's been amazing in the workouts in this building that you guys are in is one of my favorite attributes of Coach Walton is he's ultra competitive. I mean, if if you want to get in a UFC cage, you know, have him come <laughs> in with you because he's just so competitive. I mean, and now we have one of the most competitive players in the world, 
and I've seen it already in just kind of our scrimmages, our five on five. The other day he was in here and there was a fast break and he had this pass where he took off at half court and did like a 360 in the air, wrapped the ball around behind his back and found a guy under the hoop. But the player, it was such an unbelievable pass, the player fumbled the ball out of bounds. <laughs> and so as as that player's running back, LeBron's running back to play defense, he's like, man, do you like your nose? And the player's like, yeah, I like my nose. He said, well, get your hands ready or I'm going to break your nose. <laughs> like, I see things on the court that not everyone sees. So every detail of that competition, it, it elevates all of us. You know, the business operation, the basketball operation, the coaching staff, it pushes us all to another level. Michael, didn't you tell me that used to happen with you and that when the new guys came in with Magic, that if you didn't keep your hands up, you'd get hit in the face? Yeah, well, after playing against Magic for seven, eight years, you learned that just as an opponent, you got to be ready for this guy at all times. And playing with him, you're right, you can't take your eyes off of a player like LeBron or Magic until the ball goes into the basket. Because at the last instant, they could change their mind and whip a pass at your face, and you better be ready to catch it at all times. <laughs> So you have to be alert, as Rob was saying, when you're on the court with a passer like a Steve Nash or a LeBron James because you never know when that pass is going to get there. And Rondo's like that, too. Rondo's an excellent passer. And so is Lonzo. Lakers have three of the best passers on his team in those three guys. Yes, it will be. Now, Luke, everybody wants to know. Everybody's been talking to me and John. Wherever we go, wherever we're eating, we, we just can't get enough of these questions. How will you use LeBron this year? You have two great playmakers out there, Rondo and Lonzo. Will you use him off the ball more than he's ever been in his career? Well, a lot of it will get determined in training camp and the the chemistry guys build with each other. Uh, Obviously, we have a way we want to play. I think it's a coach's job to... To, to tweak that a little bit depending on the roster you have. And, you know, with LeBron, he's the best player in the world. And I've, I've, I've had a talk with him already, and it's important that that with the other players that Rob was talking about, you know, they have strengths of their own. And a lot of them is playmaking or, or getting to the rim, um, you know, Brandon Ingram's development. So we have to continue to grow these players um, so that we're at our best come playoff time. And it, it, it'll it be easy to say, hey, let's throw the ball to LeBron every time and, and we'll get a good shot. Um, but it's also part of what we need to do uh, to develop our team and get to a level uh, come the end of the season, into the playoffs, that we're at our best. And in order to do that, yeah, it's going to be LeBron off ball sometimes. We've already talked about our running game. And the fact that Rondo can push it, uh, Josh Hart can push it, Brandon Ingram can push it, Zoe can push it. Um, Lance Stevenson. We have all these guys that can push on their own. So we want to make that a threat of ours. So if somebody gets a defensive rebound, now LeBron either turns into the wing runner or the trail big and we can play through him as a playmaker from there. So all these talks are, are in play. Uh, you know, watching the film, we're putting together a bunch of different strategies and then it's going to come training camp and then we'll find out what's really working well with the group of players we have. Jeannie, uh, I'm very excited about the NBA in general. I think the Lakers and Celtics are back, which I think is really good for the league. I really like Adam Silver. I think he gets it. But you're privileged to be in meetings that none of us are. What? How do you feel about the general state of the NBA What? Yeah, and where it's going and where it's heading? 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be part of a league that has a commissioner who is so forward thinking. I think our relationship with our players is by far the best of any professional league. Um, we have a, a league that, um, a league office that understands that players need to have a voice in what's happening in the world and encourage, um, social interaction and, and, and standing for what you believe in. And I, I think that's really important in this day and age. And, um, you know, I think what things like, um, you know, embracing the fact that um, gaming is going to happen. Really with, smart. You know, yeah. with, with professional sports that, you know, fan engagement is so important. The more you can enjoy a game and, and be cheering for your team and be more invested in it, it really adds to the – the enjoyment for the fan, and so to be ahead of it and to be um, embracing of it and, and, you know, making sure that it's done the right way in terms of how it's it's um, processed. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, this is a league that's going into the future with, um, you know, the fans in mind and doing what, what's best for growing the sport because it truly is a global sport. Okay, I want to know something that's always been on my mind. I'm sure you guys have been wondering about this, too. Picture it. Magic Johnson sitting outside in a car, right, by the sidewalk, just sitting there for an hour. What was he doing for that hour before he went in <laughs> to see LeBron, right? I mean, did you guys, like, call him to keep him company on the phone? Say, you can do it, Magic. Just don't, just don't talk to him. What, 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 did you, all three of you guys call him just to keep him company to so help pass the time until he got to go in to see LeBron? He, he was so excited for that moment. It's almost like, you know, he tells stories of getting ready to play in the NBA Finals and how, I mean, you, you, know, you just don't even sleep the night before because you're so anxious to get to the game. That's how that moment was for him. And, you know, we, we, we talked when he was on the way, and he's like, I'm going to get there really early just to make sure it's the right address. And, but he was prepared for that moment uh, just like to go out and play a game in the finals for sure. Uh, Luke, I asked Rob uh, earlier about roster construction. You decide who gets the minutes every game. Um, how are you going to decide on that? Does it depend on matchups? Does it depend on who's hot? I really I looked at the roster the other day. You could, if you wanted to, go eleven deep, which doesn't happen a lot in the NBA. How do you decide who gets those minutes? LeBron's going to play a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of the saying that the players decide that, and, and what we mean by that is how do you practice? You know, are you are you playing the way we want to play? Are you moving the ball? Are you doing the little things defensively that we emphasize? And if you're doing that, then you're going to play. And then as the games go. Certain nights, different players are going to be hot, so they're going to get more minutes. Um, and what we need is when it's not your your turn, your night to play big minutes, you're rooting for your teammate because the next night could very easily be your night. So you're right. There are you know, 10, 11 guys that, that are used to playing minutes that are good enough in the NBA to play rotational minutes, and everyone from top to bottom is going to have to sacrifice for this team to succeed. But if that happens, we can, you know, we can have a very special year. Luke, um, I think the Celtics are the deepest team in the East, and I really believe the Lakers are the deepest roster in the Western Conference. I know Houston's good and the Warriors are good, but you look from 1 through 12 to 15 on this roster, this is the deepest team in the West, I believe. Now, when LeBron joined the Heat way back in 2010, I believe it was, they got off to a 9-7 and seven start, a real slow start, because they were sort of fighting about who's the leader, Dwayne Wade, is it LeBron's team? But as Laker fans... 
when I was a Laker, way back in the dark ages, when you had three channels, you had to get up and change the channel, <laughs> right? Exactly, with, uh, with the rabbit ears and everything. We used to look at 10-game blocks, and we'd go, we should be 9-1, and 8-2, we should be 10-0. and 0. After 20 games, we should be 17-3 and 3 at worst. That's how good Magic and those guys were. We used to do that. After 20 games, Laker fans have asked me, and they're like, what should the Lakers' record be after 20? Have you guys thought about that? I know it's a long way away, but at least you think that we should have, if we're not 15 and 5, 16 and 4, something's not right? No. Uh, you know, I think with, with a team that's, um, you know, this new together, uh, you know, if you ask me that next year, that'd probably have a different answer. But for this season, um, the most important thing is that we, we're building habits as a group and we're playing a certain way. And whether, you know, it's a tough start or a great start, we don't give in on any of that. You know, like I've said a couple of times, we're building for the end of the season going into a, you know, trying to, Make a playoffs, make the playoffs, and then make a playoff run. And in order to do that, we have to set our, you know, set our habits, or the way we play early in the season. And you're going to win some games, you're going to lose some games, and we're going to be feeling each other out. Uh, hopefully, we win a lot more than we lose. But I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to say we need to be 15 or five, or we got to scrap everything and try something new. Uh, tonight's evening with the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palinka, and Luke Walton, brought to you by Boda Box. Premium boxed wine with over 30 gold medals and 40 Best Buy awards from wine enthusiasts. Boda Box, Unbottled Adventure. I'm John Ireland, along with Michael Thompson. We're here until the top of the hour uh, at the Lakers UCLA Health Training Center, which uh, when Luke played for the Lakers, we were across the street at the Toyota Sports Center. When Michael played for the Lakers, he mentioned they were at LMU and in the forum in very tight hallways. Um, Jeannie, off the top of the show, Michael asked you um, what your dad would have thought of this place. I, I just wonder, for people who don't know, Jeannie ran the forum. Um, she used to run a, a tennis team. Your whole career has been managing not only teams but facilities. Talk about this place and, and, and how different it is from what you were used to when you first started working for your dad. Um, well, you know, because we had the forum and that was our building, we had a place where we could hang our flag and, and then, you know, in, engage with the community. And so when we moved to the Toyota Sports Center, um, which was a great facility for us, we won five championships while we were there, um, it, you know, we we never really had a place where we could interact with with you know, our fans. And so this, yeah, place, we couldn't have done this over right. there. Yeah. And, and so that's why I, you know, I, I look out at the audience here and this is, this is exactly what I've always wanted is to have people come into our home to see what we do, what we stand for, what we're about. And, uh, you know, I'm glad everybody's here. And Rob, you, you, you signed, <laughs> you know, four or five free agents, including the biggest fish in the pond. Is this part of the cell? No question. I mean, I think this was Jeannie's vision. It, this is not, just Lakers headquarters. This is a, a basketball hub in LA. It's a community place. Like the, having the fans that are here today is what brings the life and the energy in the building. And then for our former players, you know, Tim Harris has done a great job um, just cultivating opportunities for them to come back. And it's it's like going back to a college campus. And I now. should point out for the audience, for people who don't know, Tim Harris is the Lakers president of business operations. Yeah. He's I, I refer to Tim um, as Jeannie's right-hand man. I don't think you would be <laughs> offended right. by that. Right. Um, but but that's who you're talking about. Tim, yeah, is, is, so, he put, he's as responsible as anybody for making this place work. So And it's been great. I mean, 
Kobe was here yesterday, you know, during the Lamar Odom's been back, Brian Cook during the workout, some of Luke's teammates. Guys are just coming back all the time, and, and that's a celebration for us. We want this to feel like a place where it's a basketball home, and we're so proud of that. And, you know, it also gave us an opportunity to partner with UCLA Health, um, you know, um, being able to tap into the resources that they have. Um, this facility not only is about, um, you know, the basketball, but it's also about preventing injuries, um, rehabbing from injuries quicker, and hopefully preventing injuries from even happening because we have a thing like a a cryo cryo chamber where yeah. they can mm-hmm. you know step in and you know lower their temperature and you know um, do all those um, things that that keep us state of the art and keep us healthy. And, and we should point out, Michael, that when when you and I started traveling um, is right when that wave began. The Lakers now travel uh, massage therapists, and oh, Luke, when he played, worked with uh, with one of the, uh, the the first guys who Alex McKechnie, who was one of the first guys who who worked with you guys basically trying to prevent injuries before they happened. And, and during your title years, you had a tremendous run, right? He was able to keep, for the most part, keep all you guys on the court. Yeah, it's a big part of sports now, at least for basketball. I think it's soccer who's kind of been doing it for a while, but there's a, a big push uh, towards uh, sports science in, in this whole program of understanding the body and keeping players healthier and, and injury prevention, uh, like Jeannie was talking about, and predicting when guy, when players are tired or they might need a day off or doing instead of a full practice, just doing you know a, a health day as far as recovery is concerned. And yeah, with the facility we have and the staff that's been been put in place, um, you know, I think that we're at a great spot to be able to continue to do that. Go ahead, Jeannie. Uh, you know, I want to add that if you know, for the people that are here, you can look around and you can see the natural light that we built in um, that extra story where uh, it's all windows around the court, so that players, because they travel in so many different time zones. Um, they need that ability to, you know, kind of get back on the right track, um, you know, daylight, uh, nighttime. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's about, uh, we actually, I wanted to add one more thing that we have, um, in the locker room, there's actually a little area that you can close off and take a nap. So if any if anybody needs don't quiet you, you shouldn't time. have told Michael that but I can tell you right now <laughs> yeah definitely use that. <laughs> that you know like sometimes you just need a timeout and need some quiet time and there, we we built in a place just for that too. Rob and Jeannie, when when LeBron was signed, that had to be the most low key legendary signing in sports history. Why didn't uh, the Lakers hold a major press conference? Why did you deny Jim Hill the right to ask the first question? <laughs> That's an inside joke because Jim Hill always asks the first question. <laughs> You know, it was, it was an amazing um, experience for for all of us. Uh, you know, personally, I was here in the building, and if you look over um, underneath the trophies, there's a outside atrium that Jeannie had built for our players. So you get the natural California sun. Bar- you know, there's barbecue grills, and the guys kind of congregate there during the year. January, February, you can do that in California, maybe not in some other cities, and. I remember it was, uh, I think it was a Sunday, because I was sitting out there uh, with a couple of the employees in basketball operations, and we didn't know when we were going to get the news from LeBron, and um, I was at that table when, you know, we got the text that said congratulations, you know, from his agent, and then they immediately called 
magic. They called me, they called Jeannie, and, and we all kind of celebrate the moment and let Luke know. So um, the fact that it happened and the building's part of that story makes this place even more special. In terms of you know, the process, obviously we want to partner with all of our players on how they want news to be broken. I, I think one of the things we pride ourselves in is working with players and their agents so that they can craft the, the type of story that everyone wants, and that was just the way um, his team wanted it handled, and we wanted to respect that and, and uh, be player-friendly. And, you know, LeBron does things with a, a lot of thought and a lot of purpose, and I think people will hear exactly, you know, his excitement about joining the Lakers when the time's right, and that's how we want it to be. And media day coming up on the 24th, LeBron will be there and, and answer. I think they'll get a lot of media requests? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, Allison, who, who is our yeah. PR director, has, is, I, I think she's actually run out of space yeah. for all the media requests that have come in. Uh, Luke, when um, you won your two rings as a player in 09 and 10, the team leaders had different styles. Kobe used to say that he played the bad cop, Derek Fisher played the good cop, and Lamar Odom kept everybody loose. I don't know if that's Kobe's version. Is that's, that fairly accurate? Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, so on this team, you're going to have a clear leader in LeBron. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, who else in this locker room do you envision as a leader? Is there anybody else on this team that can, that can drag people with them? Yeah, we, we. I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting mix. And I think Rondo, uh, just from what I've seen so far, is a natural leader, the way he communicates. Uh, he had pulled Kuzma up to the film room, and there, just the two of them with our, with our film guy were watching defensive clips uh, on Kuz already in the, in the offseason. Um, you know, with the young teams we've had the last two years, we've been pushing on them leadership, leadership, leadership. You have to find it. So it'll be... It'll be nice um, for them to continue to grow in that role. I think Josh Hart has natural leadership ability, um, but it's all going to start with LeBron. And uh, I think you know below that would be um, you know from talking to Rondo and talking to coaches that have coached him, he'd probably be the the next one naturally. And then from there, we'll see how how it goes. You said to me once that um, you told the team we will coach you and put you in the best positions to win. But as soon as you guys figure out that it's your team and not my team is when we go to the next level. Did you see signs of that? Has that did that start to happen at all? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the two years, I think our group's done a really nice job of, of putting of, of of embracing the culture and taking on some of that ownership. Um, I think in the way that the way our guys play and the way that they practice, and you know, you come in the gym and Kuzma's here at you know seven thirty lifting weights this morning, and Brandon's in at eight thirty getting ready to get a pre workout in before they play five on five, and that's not us telling them to do that anymore. It used to be us harping, and now it's them calling us, calling the strength coach, bringing their own guy in in the offseason and, and doing what it takes to, to build championship habits. And and when they're doing that on their own, that means they're starting to take ownership in what in what they're doing, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Speaking of that work ethic, Jeannie, you said that uh, you've already seen the impact LeBron's presence has had on the young players. In what way have you seen it? Um, well, LeBron's been here, you know, practicing. And during the off season, this is all on their own. We can't tell them to come in and practice. And, you know, LeBron being here, all of a sudden, all the other guys come in, too. <laughs> like so, a Pied Piper. Yeah, and it's, you know, the Kobe used to do the same thing. He was the first one at practice. And, you know, if Kobe can be the first one, then everybody's got to be right there, too. So it's, he sets the bar. And, 
That's great. Uh, tonight's evening with the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palinka, and Luke Walton is, again, brought to you by Boda Box. Stays fresh for 30 days, and you don't need to worry about glass or bottles breaking. Boda Box, Unbottle Adventure. Okay, Jeannie, I, I waited till I wanted to get halfway through before I asked you this because I am so impressed with this. Okay. You did something last night that I don't know if anybody <laughs> oh, up yeah. here could have That's done. That's right. Yeah, we need a sample. Uh, no, no. Well, I'm not, I won't put you on the spot that oh. way, but I will. Here's what Jeannie did. She said it, it, it. She tweeted today that it's been a bucket list item for her her entire life to do stand-up comedy. And last night, you took on the challenge. What was it like? Well, it's it's like a long story, but I, you know, I've, I've, I've always admired comedians um, for getting up and, and on stage and talking about their lives because I think it's a very vulnerable place to be. And I think that humor is a way that we process so much um, things that disappoint us, things that make us angry, um, things that make us happy. And, and by sharing humor, I think it makes us human and, and it's a, an ability to connect. So I've always wanted to do something like that. And I, I finally took a, a class this summer. And part of it is you have to you know write your own material, which I did, and get up and do open mic. And so last night was my first open mic. And I decided to share a little bit on social media, um, but it was something that I was, um, you know, I think at my age, you have to challenge yourself and do new things. And um, I think, like I said, I think um, using humor to help us process things would would go a long way in keeping, you know, a, a peaceful society because you're allowed to kind of talk about your feelings, but in a way that's... Um, People can laugh and share a laugh, and, and that brings us together. Now, when this career takes off and you retire from the Lakers, <laughs> I'm going to go on tour. Who are people, when they watch you perform, Jeannie, who are they going to compare you to? Are you on the style of like a Joan Rivers, a Michelle Wolf, a Phyllis Diller? Who are you patting your style Phyllis after? Diller? Where did you pull that one She's out? a legend. We all know about her. Um, I think that my comedy is um, – it's it's not about putting anybody down to put myself up. It's a it's about um, maybe um, kind of pointing things out about myself that that um, you know you know <laughs> just what people might think about me and and I I talk about that on stage and that's why she's and, the best owner the <laughs> best boss owner <laughs> I mean seriously how cool is that yeah like, pretty nice yeah yeah I don't I don't see any other NBA nope. owners going up there. No. Um, Although Mark Cuban would probably try it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah well, probably. he did Dancing with the Stars, right, which exactly. I would never do. So. Really? Oh, they're going to invite oh, you I think now. you'd be great at it. You wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, no, no. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Rick Fox went very far. And he did well. Derek, Kareem did it. Kareem. Kareem, Derek Fisher. Kareem was the best. Kareem yeah. should have won. Yeah. He, they I love didn't his have, moves. They, they, they couldn't find a partner. A, right, yeah. they couldn't find a dancer tall yeah. enough. Uh, Rob, at the end of last season, you and Magic met with every player in, in what are called exit interviews. Uh, you told the young guys what you'd like to see them work on over the summer. Uh, some guys you wanted to get bigger and stronger. Other guys you wanted to work on shooting. Are you happy with how they've responded? And can you give me an example of somebody who you think may have improved a lot over the summer from when we last saw them last year? I think, you know, I'll take you through three of our players. Let's start with Josh Hart. You know, Josh Hart committed to really getting stronger, faster, better with his ball handling. We we saw him go to Las Vegas in the summer league and win the MVP. 
what was funny is Irvin and I had originally said, hey, maybe play a couple games. We don't want you to get hurt. And Luke, again, so competitive. He's like, no, we, you know, he, we got, he's got to get in a position where he can dominate and show everyone what he can do. And Luke was right because once he got his swagger going in Vegas, you could see all the hard work he was doing in the weight room and on the court takeover. Um, I think uh, Kyle Kuzma, you know, when he steps on the court for opening night, you'll just see how he's completely changed his physique. I mean, his back is stronger, his shoulders. Um, he spent uh, a couple sessions with Kobe uh, working out down uh, in Orange County on his footwork. He's been hitting the track. Um, so, you know, big changes in his game. And then I think, you know, just with Lonzo, of course, he hasn't been able to play five-on-five basketball because he had to have, a, you know, a scope on his knee. But just the way he stayed dedicated to reshaping his body and making sure that, you know, if he's playing against a really strong point guard like a Russell Westbrook who's going to come at him with his aggressive nature and give him a bump, Lonzo will be able to take it or even bump him back, and you'll see that in, in his physique as well. But, again, it's taking the toughness and the, the competitiveness that Luke demands every day in practice and in the games um, and carrying that forward and how they work this summer, and we're really proud of our young guys and what they've done. Luke, Let me add on that real quick just because I don't want to take credit, and I appreciate it, Rob, but I don't want to take credit for uh, what we talked about earlier, ownership in, in the the players we have. Josh, I, I did go to Magic and Rob and say that, but I was going on behalf of Josh Hart. He, he went he's, to you and said, I want to play. That's who he is. He came up to me. He had, since the season ended, he had been in the gym two, three times a day, busting his butt every day. And he came up to me and said, I want to show everyone what I can do. And Good I for him. Play, I want to play all of Summer League. I want to play every game. So that's when I went and you know talked to, to Irv and, and Rob about the idea of, of him possibly – not just playing a couple and shutting down, but let's let him let's let him do what he wants because that's the mentality we want anyways. We want all of our players thinking like that. We want a, if it's an opportunity to play basketball and compete, we want it. And he came uh, he came up and, and had that talk, so that that goes to him. Luke, at 33 years of age, after 17 years in the league, and I say 17 because LeBron, when you add on the playoff games that he's played, that's three extra years of basketball. That's how many playoff games he's played in. So basically after 17 years, 33 years of age, for the first time in his career, he played all 82 games. That is just unbelievable. Have you guys talked about that, about how, how many games you plan to play in this year, or has that, that hasn't even come up yet? We, not, not in detail like that. We've, we talked about the idea of it, um, and, and, and I'll be in constant communication with him all year long. If, if it's a night off, if it's a back-to-back, whatever it is, if it's practice, um, Preferably, if he's going to take something off, uh, you know, take a practice off to stay fresh. Um, but you know, we we got him here for for four years, and we want to be competing every single year um, that he's here. And you know, when if we do, you know, play him less minutes or he gets a night off, that's a great opportunity for other players, some of the young guys. So. Uh, it, it'll be an ongoing thing, a feel-out thing as the season's going um, as far as, you know, minutes and whether or not he's going to take this game off or that game off. Yeah, we got him for four years, and I, I've said I think it's going to happen. Is he going to be LeBron four years from now? I mean, this is – the guy's a freak. To be playing at this level for this long, guys, you don't understand how, what toll it takes on your body. Will he still be LeBron at 36, 37 years I, of age? I think he will. Uh, if you see how he takes care of himself, it's it's, an, it's incredible. I mean, he's it, before he practices, after he practices, it's no 
there's no wasted time. It's on the foam roller. It's in the weight room. It's, you know, his per, his guy stretching him uh, before and after. It's everything you can do. It's ice baths. It's ev- everything you can do to take care of your body. He does it, and he does it every single day. Well, and then just the fact that, you know, when you see him in person and he's working out on the court, they, you know, he's 6'10", and he's huge and long, and he's he's got such a high basketball IQ. There's going to be so many different ways he can transform his game as he starts to – you know, get in his older years. He's such a great passer. He's a great shooter. He can attack you in so many different ways. I think the great players, you know, Magic, Michael, Kobe, over the years you saw them kind of reinvent themselves. Has he talked about what it means to be another legend, coming to join a legendary franchise like this with all the legends that have played here? Has he brought that up of what it means to him to follow in their footsteps? Absolutely. I think – um, you know, like Jeannie said, he's so thoughtful. I, I think he was filming his first commercial. Um, and they, they were some pictures, I thought, on, on Instagram where he's got, you know, Kobe shoes on just to kind of pay homage. I remember the first time he came in the building. It was real early, uh, 6, 6.30 a.m. And uh, there was a cool moment where he was just out on the court, you know, kind of getting ready by himself. And I could just you don't see him taking in all the banners and just this building. So he uh, he's a student of the game and the history of the game and clearly the legacy here. He he understands how big it is and he's going to, you know, work to earn his place on that and that litany of amazing players. Jeannie, I was thinking about the fact that you have worked in this business since, you know, right out of college right. and you've seen you and Magic actually became friends because you were roughly the same age and you've seen Kareem and Kobe and Shaq and and now LeBron come through here. Um, Is there something all those guys have in common? You've been around all of them. And, you know, you're the only one up here who has. Michael played with Magic and Kareem and and then, you know, went away for a while and and Luke and Rob are too young and, and I was off working somewhere else. But you've seen all these people come through here. Is there something that's that, that all of them have? I think it's an internal motivation that that they want to be the best and it comes from, you know, a fire that burns inside of them. There There isn't any amount of money that you could give them. It's They're doing what their passion is and, and it shows and it, it carries over and it it's what the fans can relate to because they, they can see it. They can see how, how um, hard they work. Luke and, and Rob, as of today, September 7th, there are three teams in this league that believe that they're a championship club. We all know who they are, Golden State, Houston, and Boston. Philadelphia's there too, of course, but I don't think they're as good as Boston. As of today, as we sit here, I believe we are. Do you guys believe we're a championship club right now today, September 7th? September 7th, probably not. Do I think come April, come you know playoff months, absolutely I think we are. Um, you know, it takes time. It, it, you never just put a team together and they're instantly a championship contender. But that's what the regular season is going to be all about this year. And that's what uh, these guys coming in every day, um, playing together, getting to know each other, lifting weights together is about. So I think by the time the season comes and and goes and we get towards the playoffs, if if all goes the way we plan on, then, yeah, I, I truly believe we are. Um Rob, most of our listeners know you're very close with Kobe. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rob represented Kobe when he's on the other side at the age. And I guess that's all the time. If Kobe will ever come back and get involved with either the NBA or the Lakers, and my take is it's unlikely. But then I add he's probably given you his opinion on stuff because you talk to him. Um, 
What's your take on that? Do you think he ever gets involved again in the NBA, or has he moved on to other stuff? You know, uh, people ask me that a lot, too. They're like, how much do you talk to Kobe about the Lakers? Well, he's one of my best friends. So, of course, like any of you in the room that have a best friend, you talk about the Lakers a lot with them um, at many different levels. And he'll always be involved here. He's, you know, he's uh, – and I, I think he, he turned 40. We all know that. So, for his 40th birthday, he wanted to go down to um, – to Cabo and just kind of relax and celebrate. It was a great family trip. Um, and the thing he talked about the most, I mean, we've all seen the unbelievable success he's having in, you know, Academy Award and, you know, with the drink that he invented and sold. And uh, he's got now a podcast on Apple called The Punies. It's like a kid podcast. That's number one. He's having all this success. But one of his biggest passions right now, Gianna, is in seventh grade and he's coaching her team and there's eight girls on her team and they practice three hours a day. Wait. <laughs> three hours a day and Kobe's and, there for and all three hours. And they're in seventh grade. Seventh grade. Look, this, had, this the idea of Kobe coaching seventh grade girls has got to bust you up. No, it, it, he was telling me about it the other day when Rob, <laughs> Rob and him were down on the court. Um, and the best is like hearing him talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, and I, in his eyes, it's like, it's that old Mamba look that I've seen so many times that, that I love playing with, but also always kind of scared me a little bit. So uh, to see him, you know, talk about the that and with that passion and how much he's enjoying doing it, and he's talking about the back cutting and reading angles and how to set screens. And I'm like, are they having fun, Kobe? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's 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 God's way of, of getting back at him for all the yelling he did at you guys. Uh, tonight's evening with the Lakers, Jeannie, Rob, and Luke is brought to you by Boda Box. Boda Box goes where glass cannot. It's the ultimate tailgating wine, easy to bring with you and put in your cooler. Boda Box, unbottle adventure. Um, you know, it's when we uh, look. I've, I've asked you this for in other audiences, but since this audience hasn't heard your answer to this, I wanted you to be able to share it. You, your dad's a Hall of Famer, Bill Walton. You played for Lou Olson and Phil Jackson, and then you were an assistant under a historic run under Steve Kerr, all before you got your first head coaching job. When you're coaching, who do you hear yourself repeating more than anybody? What's the voice in your head more? Is it one of those guys? Is it a combination? Your dad's hard to shut up, so it might be your dad. <laughs> Um, but you know what I'm asking? I've gotten good at shutting him up over yeah. the years. So. Um, it, yeah, I do. And it's, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people ask me that. And it's, it's, everyone's got to be their own coach, right? So I'm not trying to make any decisions based on what, uh, what they would do. And I think it's more of, uh, of the, the life, um, experiences that they've had in, in helping mold who I am and the way I see the game. I mean, go back to my dad and, I I fell in love with basketball in the, in the 80s when it was Celtics Lakers, and both those teams played fast. Both and your, those your dad, by the way, played for the Celtics. People oh, yeah. forget that he yeah. was sixth man of the year in 1986. Yeah, but they they played fast. They shared the ball. You know the the way that that I think the game should be played uh, is a lot like how both of those teams played back then. Um, then you know obviously I, I'm huge on on the fundamentals of the game. I think it's kind of what allowed me to play in this league uh, for 10 years. Uh, was understanding the game and little things like that, and that was all Lute Olson. So I'm always, you know, we brought tossbacks 
to our practice last year because we kept throwing the ball around. We literally right. tossbacks for. We'll explain what a tossback is. People don't. It, know. It's just it's something they used to train with back in the, you know the seventies in it's the movie basic. Hoosiers. You, yeah, it's a net that you throw a pass to, and the net net throws it back to you. And the idea behind it is if you don't throw a perfect chess pass, if you throw a bad pass, it's going to throw a bad pass back to you. And um, so I'm big on fundamentals. Um, my overall view of of uh, uh, how a game, you know, takes on its own life and how one play affects the next is all Phil Jackson. And, and the idea of, um, you know, creating, you know, each season taking on its own life and having, you know, this all the things that I never even thought about with basketball before uh, is is from playing for Phil all those years. And then uh, with Steve, um, you know, some of the relationships he's had with, with the players. And I saw, you know, some of the culture that he built with the, with the joy and, and, uh, um, a little more loose than I was used to. I, I really took on to that. So I've tried to bring that down as well, too. And speaking of influences, Rob, I mean, what has helped you most in your role now as general manager, as being a former player? And don't let the good looks in a suit fool you folks. This boy could play. He was a member of the Fab Five in Michigan. So he knows about basketball being a player or, being in the role of an agent, what makes you? What's the more influential th- part in that role for you? It's a good question, Mike. I I feel fortunate because, like you said, I got to play the game at a high level, and then you know by going to law school and business school and, and mastering the CBA and the rules that really helps. And then having represented players for twenty years uh, as a as an agent, um, it really helped me understand what players wanted. Because uh, when you're an agent, they're telling you exactly what they want, you know. And I think it's helped us as an organization really meet those needs of players and the agent community. I think it's led to our success when we've gone out into free agency, whether not just with LeBron but with the other guys, to say, hey, I want to go there and be a part of it. I see the vision that Jeannie mentioned at the beginning that really magically leads I see how they're building this team. Um, I see how they're treating their players. Um, having been on the other side for 20 years has really helped us meet those needs, um, and I think it's been a big part of our success. All right, so be honest about this. A lot of people want to play with LeBron, and you represented, you mentioned your agent for 20 years. So are, like, retired players of yours calling you on the phone and going, hey, man, you, I saw you, like, for example, recently we opened up a roster spot. Uh, which I'll ask you about in a second. But are you? Is your? If you heard from like every guy you ever represented saying, "I can give you ten minutes." Michael Thompson said he could get a ten day and make some <laughs> threes. I mean, I can shoot threes. I'm telling you, everyone in the world wants to come back. But uh, like you said, we we love the roster and the way it's put together now. All right. Uh, last week we got some news just over the weekend, and I I thought from my perspective, Rob, it was a win win. I know Luol Deng, who, who Luke, I'll give you a chance to comment on this, but you speak very highly of. Um, Luol wanted to play. He probably wasn't getting, but we had a lot of young guys in front of him here. And and you got some cap space for the Lakers. Was that one of those rare moves in the NBA that was actually good for both sides? You know, Jeannie and I and Magic were meeting the other day, and she just she, she had a profound line about, hey, we always want to protect players' rights in the league, and, and we never want to be an organization that gets in the way of something a player wants. And just the way we had constructed and built things, the, it didn't appear there was going to be a big path for Luol to be able to, you know, explore his passions of playing. And he made it clear to us through his agent that he was hoping to, to move on. 
Um, and we were able to negotiate it in a way where you said, like you said, it was a win-win because we um, have our max salary space for July 2019. So we, we were able to preserve that and save, you know, seven and a half million dollars and then allow him to go on and be a free agent. So it worked out well. Likely or unlikely you'll fill that, that roster spot that got freed up or is, is, is a free roster spot valuable in your chair? You know, I think um, I think flexibility is is really important. Uh, we, we're deep already, and going into camp, I, what a roster spot does just to kind of educate the audience is you can it helps in a trade. So if you want to trade one player out and bring two back at the same salary, that gives you sure. some flexibility in the trade market, and then it also helps you um, if there's an injury and a certain position goes down, you need to fill the need. So it does give us flexibility. I think as of now, Magic's lean is keep it open, stay flexible because we're so deep. Michael, you pointed out we're one of the deepest teams in the league, so that's our current position. I, I want to circle back to something, Luke, because I think people would be surprised to hear it. Even though Luol Deng didn't play for you, you spoke very highly of him. Any time any of us asked about you, are you still a fan of his? Yeah, well, it's, it's I think... Um... You know, it's tough, and I know it's easy to say he's making a lot of money, just be happy. But as an athlete and a competitor, you always want to play. You you just you want to play, and he wasn't. And he could have easily um, taken that out on the, the culture in the locker room. He could have easily, you know, isolated himself or, or been, you know, talking trash about people, but you know, behind closed doors. Um, but he was – in practice, he'd continue to talk to the young guys, tell them, you know, you know, look for this, do this, do that. So he was still, um, he was still being a, a, a really good teammate. And I, I, I thought, um, you know, I just appreciate that and I respect it. You know, as a former player, I, in a, a very average player, I was. There was a lot of times I wasn't in the rotation, and I know how frustrating that can be. Uh, and he, you know, he always, you know, came in, stayed professional, and, and helped uh, help with the young players. Jeannie, I don't know if you can talk about this, but obviously now gambling is starting to come into the scene, right, with the NBA, if not if, if embracing it is the wrong word. But how is this going to work in the future? Because now the league has signed up a, a deal, a sponsorship deal with a casino. People talk about this, and John and I talk about it, we wonder about it. Is gambling going to be allowed in the future? Like you can go to Staples Center and bet, say, oh, I bet the Lakers will win by 10 points this quarter. Is that how it's going to work in the future once it's implemented? Uh, you know, I, I'm not an expert on how it's going to all unfold, but I think, you know, what's important is that it's regulated, that it's done um, in a way that, you know, people pay their taxes, that it's above board, that there isn't any um, – behind-the-scenes uh, shenanigans that would, would cause um, the fans to lose faith in the integrity of the game. And I think probably the, the toughest will be on the referees because as people have more invested, sure. <laughs> they're going to yeah. be even more vocal with the referees. But, um, you know, I think that by being ahead of it, we'll be able to, um, you know, get it set up in a way that it's it's conducive to the environment and the fans will enjoy it and it'll um you know just make people love the game that yeah. they already love even more. could you imagine the 20 point game with like six seconds to yeah. go and somebody gets fouled right. and half the people are betting on the yeah, foul. All that, it'll, all that it'll be exciting work, yeah, yeah they gotta work all that stuff out okay we're winding it down we got we got about two three minutes left here and so um i i, I want to get 
each of your thoughts on this. And, and Rob, I'll start with you. There's a lot of excitement around the city about the Lakers again, and I know that's something that, that we've all been hoping would happen. What are you most excited about? What are you most looking forward to as we, we're now two weeks away from starting camp? Competition. I, I mean, I think when we went into free agency, one of the things we sold, like Luke said, LeBron's a starter, obviously. But after that, it's it's an open competition in camp. And I just so wait, let me let me interrupt you and Luke jump in on this if you want. So every other position is open. Rondo and Lonzo are going to battle for a starting job. Ingram and Stevenson are going to battle for a starting job. Is that what you're saying? Luke's going to put it all together, you know, okay. and 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 that's we're excited because no, it, but it's that's his G- job. G- G- that's just his added job, Luke right? on no, the but, but here's the thing: is like like I said at the beginning, he's ultra competitive. You should see just how he gets into the moment during practices, and I just this. We want to be the team. So how many people play, like, summer basketball, like, you know, in the playground? There's always that team you're like, oh, man, we do not want to play those guys because once they start getting rolling, they're going to be kings of the court and just keep winning games. You know, summer That's how I see this team. Like, we're going to show up because we compete and because we play smart. People are going to be like, man. You do not want to play the Lakers, and that's what I'm excited and, to see. And Luke, piggyback on that. So, so every except for LeBron, you're going to let everybody compete. Yeah, well, to me, competition brings out the best in people, right? And it's you know we're gonna. It, that doesn't necessarily mean the whatever player outplays that guy is right. the starter because it's still about building units and teams. It's like, remember Lamar Odom coming off the bench for us. He was clearly one of our best players. And, and you were in that bench mob that, yeah, that but, was so effective. And, and, yeah. He was a huge part of that. He was part of that, that, that second unit. Now, he would finish games off with the starters. So the, those decisions will still be made as far as what groups are playing the best together. What I can't wait is – our first scrimmage is going to be all the vets against all the young guys. <laughs> and we're just going to go at it, and it's going to be awesome. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's open competition. And, and to me, that's what makes – that that brings out the best in each other, and then ultimately that brings out the best in, in our team as a whole. Jeannie, how about you? I, I know you've worked really hard to get to this point. What are you looking forward to the most? Um, well, so much. Well, first, can I sell tickets to that scrimmage? <laughs> Good idea. That. I'll buy them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I wanted to talk about, you know, you ask, you know, um, about are we a championship team yet? And, you know, I can't answer that question. I don't know. But if we're not, our job isn't done yet. And we're not going to rest until we're proud. And so, you know, I think we have to let the season unfold. We have to see what happens. I think Luke is in a great position because he can – lead this team he can get guys to buy in to what he wants them to do so i i'm just gonna stay tuned and watch it you know i don't need to have to predict anything but you know just i want people to know that you know until we're done we won't be done is your phone ringing off the hook for opening night what's yes. that like <laughs> you know it, it's people unusual. you haven't heard from in 10 years are like hey i have gd cell yeah. you know what's exciting is that we're opening on a saturday night at home and that doesn't we we usually don't play on saturday nights so i think it's going to be a real big focus in the city and, and and people can celebrate watching the game we'll we'll open on the road in portland so we'll kind of get to see what the team's like in that game but certainly opening night it's going to be 
a, a big celebration. All right, before we go, we once again want to thank Boda Box and Bristol Farms for catering tonight's event with the Lakers here on ESPN LA. And we, of course, also want to thank Jeannie, Rob, and Luke Walton. How about a big fan, a hand for our guests? Um, and, and most of all, um, Jeannie, I wanted, I wanted to thank you. We talked about this at the top of the show, but I wanted to thank you for letting us do this here. I think that the, this was a unique experience for the fans uh, to be let. It's kind of getting led on the inside of Camelot. So thanks for having us. Yeah, well, thank you for hosting this for us and, and coming here and bringing uh, some excitement to the office. And, you know, hopefully we can do it again. All right. Big weekend on ESPN LA, by the way, folks. Tomorrow, USC at Stanford. Then, of course, Monday night. The Rams and Raiders open the season in Oakland, and then we are uh, about a month away. Matter of fact, less than a month away, Michael. September 30th is our first preseason game. Got it circled. And uh, that's when you'll see LeBron on the court for the very first time. Uh, Once again, special thank you to the Lakers, to Jeannie, Rob, and Luke, and thank you for attending. I'm John Ireland.